Hello, hello, and welcome to the Big Show. This is Dim Lights and Stiff Drinks, the dive bars of Seattle. We're interested in those roadhouses, taverns, and honky-tonks that have a long history and an interesting backstory. And this isn't some jive where we're all sitting in our basements on a Zoom call. No. No. no we're here. <laughs> live on location. Green That's light, right. Baby. We're live on location. We tie one on in the places where bad decisions and future regrets are made. Our listener might have noticed the word honky-tonk in the intro is not normally there, but it's there for a reason this week. Because where are we at, Bob? Little Red Hen. We are at Little Red Hen. Damn straight. Little Red Hen is the only legit honky-tonk in Seattle. And by honky-tonk, I mean they play both kinds of music, country and western. <laughs> right? Shout out to Bob's Country Bunker mm-hmm. and the Blues Brothers. Mm-hmm. This is a country bar, a place to go boot scoot and two-step and western swing and line dance and have a blast. So I highly encourage our listener to come to check this place out. Even if the words I just said don't mean anything to you. I don't know how to boot scoot. I don't know how to two-step. I don't know how to swing. It doesn't matter. Little Red Hen will teach you. That's they right. Have, lessons. That's they right. Have They'll free, teach me. Um, They'll teach all of us. They have free Three dance, times a week. Three nights a week. Free dance lessons, 8 o'clock, uh, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. So wow. please come on down and get down and support this place because it's if awesome. You, even if you got two left feet, they'll teach you. Even if you got three left feet, they'll teach you. <laughs> you don't have to worry about being on camera or somebody like TikTok in your ass or anything. Nope, nope. It's all good. It's all casual. That's what they always it's say. It's all super incognito. <laughs> The, the, the windows are all taped up and stuff, so you don't have to worry. That's right. And this wasn't like uh, set up in the 90s when Garth Brooks and Billy Ray Cyrus brought country back from the dead. This uh-uh. has been here since what, Brad? Well, it's been 19, here since the 30s. The 30s. It was yeah. an after-prohibition bar, right? Yeah, it, was a, it started out as a beer parlor. Nice. Oh, okay, cool. All right, so let's say hi to the crew, everybody. This is always, it's a Bob Trombley production. Hey, now. As always. Hey now, Bob Trombley's here in the building. To my right is resident historian Brad Holden. Hello, everybody. And straight across from me is our resident Suds Gourmand, Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm calling myself, uh, how about uh, DJ Lemon Wedge? Ooh, I like that. <laughs> oh, uh, Jer- Jay's drinking a half and he's got a lemon wedge. So, um, oh, don't jump ahead. All right. Let's say Twist hi to the, the house citrus. band, Satan's Pilgrims. Thank you for Ben Tanaka, our theme song. Hey now. And, uh, Word. What do you want to do next, Brad? Let's kick it over to you. Tell us some more about this place. What year did it open, and uh, what's a beer parlor? Yeah, so the Little Red Hen is Seattle's oldest country bar. Yeah. And first country op- and western bar. Country, country and western bar, thank you. And it first opened as a beer parlor on June 20th, 1933. So after they repealed Prohibition, they allowed beer to be served again, and a lot of these beer parlors opened up, and then they eventually became taverns. So kind of like a, a pot shop now. As soon as the laws change, yeah. bam! That's actually a good <laughs> Entrepreneurs uh, swoop in That's to right. start cashing in. Yeah, right away, a bunch of them opened up, just like what you were saying, just like the pot shops when uh, you know they gave the, the green flag. God green bless light. America. God bless America. It was originally located in the Finney Ridge neighborhood at 50th Street and Finney Avenue North. So, which that was basically kitty corner from the Woodland Park Zoo. Yeah, yeah. Right, uh, Lou, you live in Finney Ridge, right? Uh, I'm Wallingford, but yeah. Oh, you're the Wallingford. Zoo is okay. Right up there. You're, you're so, close yeah, by. So yeah, you're exactly right. It's the zoo. I can yeah. see the zoo from my backyard. <laughs> <laughs> The original owner of the bar, uh, when it first opened, was an avid fisherman by the name of Leslie L. Kime, or LL as he was commonly known. So, uh, like LL Cool J. But everyone called him LL. Ladies love Kime. (laughs) Ladies love, exactly, exactly. 
So I don't know if he was a ladies' man or not, but that's what they called him. Oh, he's going to knock you out. <laughs> Mama's going to knock yeah. you out. Uh, in their first year of business, the Little Red Hen found itself in the middle of a violent skirmish between two different union organizations fighting over control over the newly legalized beer market. At the heart of this conflict was the delivery of beer from the breweries to all the newly formed taverns and beer parlors. So initially, when beer was first made legal again, following the repeal of Prohibition, all local beer deliveries were union-controlled. So the trucks and the drivers, unions controlled those. And here in Seattle and Tacoma, they were controlled by the Teamsters Union. That was like oh, yeah. the most powerful union at the time. Oh, yeah. And unions back right then... off of Seattle. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Criminal yeah, mobs were not involved at all. I'm no, sure. not at all. It was no, completely no. legit. Yeah. No, it, it was corrupt as hell. And <laughs> yeah, the Jimmy Hoffa comparison. So the Teamsters Union was run, run by this guy, Brewster, I believe was his name. And he was like the Seattle version of Jimmy Hoffa. He eventually went to prison for oh, corruption. Nice. No big surprise there. But anyway, Still so... don't know where his body is. Yeah, right. <laughs> Might be at the, the bottom of Lake Washington. We don't really know. End zone at the Meadowlands. <laughs> yeah, Stadium. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, so anyway, so that's kind of what was going on when beer was first legalized. However, shortly after the repeal... The Teamsters Union went on strike. They were asking for more money and this and that. And when they went on strike, a rival union known as the Brewery Workers Union basically snuck in and took their place as replacement drivers. Ooh. Right? And of course, that scabs. didn't go over too well. Scabs, exactly. Brewery. That didn't go over too well. So and this is like union turf wars. It's union turf wars, exactly. In fact, they even had a name for it. It was the Seattle Beer Wars, what they called it, because things got... Things got pretty hardcore. Shit got real. For instance, whenever the brewery workers' union trucks tried to drive through the picket lines, you know, that wasn't received too well. They would actually, like, stop the trucks, throw stuff at them, pull the drivers out and beat their ass. I mean, things were, you know, pretty, pretty gnarly at the time. And this happened several times during the particular strike. There was even, like, a few deaths from it where they were pulling guys out of their Ooh, truck and the guys damn. ended up dead. So it was, they didn't call it the Seattle Beer War for nothing. One of the things that the Teamsters also did, the ones that were on strike, was intimidate any local taverns who were accepting beer deliveries from, from the these scabs. rivals, from the scabs, mm-hmm. exactly. Mm-hmm. And this included the Little Red Hen. Oh. They were accepting deliveries from the scabs. Like, we don't care where the beer comes from. We got country music to get we down to. We got beer to, to serve. Free whoever, market, baby. Let's whoever go. brings it to us, brings it to us, but we need beer. That's right. Like yeah. Those guys. <laughs> So in September of 1934, a car full of thugs from the Teamsters pulled up to the Little Red Hen, waited for the rival delivery truck to pull up. And when it did, the men approached LL, the owner, and told him in no uncertain words, if you take delivery of this beer, you're going to regret it. He kind of shrugged it off, accepted the delivery anyway. And then he knocked him out. (laughs) And then Mama knocked him out. Despite the threats, he accepted the beer anyway and proceeded on with his business. Two days later... The Teamsters made good on their promise because when he showed up for work the next day, three of the plate glass windows at the original location had been shattered, and they also completely destroyed their like neon beer sign that was out front, so the one that was out on the street. Yeah. cost a lot of money, yeah. A total of 12 other Seattle taverns also sustained similar damage at the hands of these Teamster thugs for the same reasons, because they were accepting deliveries from the scabs. He probably did not have a ring camera installed at the time to catch probably this. Probably not. Like the no. rest was around. Y- yeah. no. Right. Eventually the strike ended and things resumed back to normal, but Little Red Hand certainly played a part in what the local press dubbed 
the Seattle Beer War. Aside from that, nothing else really noteworthy really happened at the original Little Red Hen. Although it, it sat at its original location for 34 years, from 1933 through 1967, before relocating here to its current Green Lake location where we're sitting right now. But back to its original location, sometime in the late 40s, the Little Red Hand fell under the ownership of a husband and wife team, Richard Herring and his wife Sylvia. Richard died not too long after they bought the bar, and Sylvia became the sole owner of the place until she died in 1982. So it sounds like she was the one who oversaw the move in 1967 when it moved from Finney Ridge to here. And then the next couple, it was the Olsons, is that right? I, I stumbled onto some of them. It was, it was her daughter, and I think their last name was the Olsons, yeah. In 68, a year after it had moved here to Green Lake, police responded to a burglary Olsby. call here. Oh, no. Uh-oh. Uh, Seattle Beer Wars 2? <laughs> not quite. Infinity War? Sure enough, a group of four men had made their way inside Little Red Hen by smashing out a window, and once inside, had used tire iron to smash apart two pinball machines to steal all the quarters. Oh, boy. That's hard up. Yeah. When the police arrived, three of the men tried to flee out the front door. Off we go. Yeah. (laughs) So three tried to flee, and one hid inside the women's restroom. The officers gave chase... It's logical. Right, right? A good place to hide. Cops aren't going to come in here. It's a women's restroom. (laughs) They'll never find me in here. Hold on a minute. I'm in (laughs) this. Oh, sorry, (laughs) ma'am. Out the back door he went. So yeah, so the cops showed up, three of the men ended up running away, and uh, the cops gave chase. One of the men turned around and made the unwise decision to swing at one of the officers with a tire iron. Now this was back when cops operated with a large degree of uh, impunity, shall we say. Like, I didn't even need a reason to beat the shit I didn't shit even out need, yeah, and this now. was like, there were no tasers back then. This was of, like I'm billy clubs of, and guns. 38 snub, you know? Yeah, yeah, and that's where it's going. Um, <laughs> You know, if you, if you took a swing on an officer back then, things were probably not going to end up so well for you, and things didn't end up so good for this guy. He ended up getting shot twice in the chest. The cop just pulled out his gun and, okay, we'll take care of this problem right yeah. now. And <laughs> that's what he did. Adios, muchacho. Yeah, and of course, all the other guys, they found the guy in the women's restroom. It did, what? <laughs> yeah, I know, shocking. They ended up finding him, believe it or not, and the Decent other two guys explosion. too. So, yeah, you know, this team of burglars wasn't exactly the crew from Ocean's Eleven. <laughs> so the, the dude with two in the chest, did, did he make it? He did actually make it. All right. He did. He did. Right. He Whoa. was brought to the hospital, and he, he lived through it. Went and on then to I think be he went to... a famous uh, movie gaffer. Yeah, <laughs> or just a gaffer. I like the Ocean's Eleven analogy, like, we're going to steal all the quarters from the pinball machine, <laughs> and the cops are going to run in. But the cops are actually our guys in disguise, and we walk out front with the quarters, Mexico. And we each have our job. And you, John over there, you're the tire iron guy. If one of the cops gives chase to us, you swing at him. It's a foolproof plan. Uh, So anyway, as I mentioned earlier, Sylvia, the original owner, passed away in 1982. And when this happened, her daughter, Judy Olsby, that's what it was. It wasn't Olsen. Judy Olsby took over ownership. Judy Olsby died 13 years later in 1995, at which point the bar was taken over by her son, Dean, and her daughter, Cindy. They ended up only owning the place for a year, and they decided to sell in 1996. So it stayed in the family uh, for close to 50 years. And one of the things I'm always surprised about is how many of these taverns were owned by women. Yeah, uh, I was just going to say. You know, it's the, kind of surprising. The, the, the family ownership history is interesting enough. Yeah. There's, there, you're right. There's so many 
places that we've been to where the history shows that usually it's like a family and then like the dude passes away. And then the wife just takes over. Right. Or, or, the, or the daughter or whatever. Yeah. And yeah. You got to wonder, it's like most of those stories, it wasn't necessarily that she wanted to, <laughs> but right. circumstances happen. She's like, well, got, got this bar now. It's, I and, guess but some the of business. them are great success stories. Yeah. 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 That's how you do it. That's you how you do it. Throw them in the pool. That's you own, right. You own a bar now. Figure it out. <laughs> and that's probably what they did. But yeah, a lot of female uh, tavern owners back then. And it's not that, you know, there's anything surprising about it other than the fact that back then it was a different time. Oh, for sure. You just wouldn't imagine a lot of female... vote. Well, I think... Yeah. I think Seattle, you know, aside from the prohibition thing, we're kind of like you know, trendsetters as well. I mean, like Madame Damnable, she... Yeah, that's yeah, that's yeah. the point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Celebrity madams in Pioneer like Square. Three Girls Bakery, the first all-women's business, opened the market, I believe, in 1912. Yeah, you're so right. So that was really wow. early on. Yeah, and that all completely women ran, owned, and operated. And now female entrepreneurship is a thing. You know, it, it all started in Seattle. Once again, once again, once again. Seattle. Seattle. everything starts in Seattle. Seattle. That's, that's right. right. Yep. The Little Red Hand started playing country music in the 1980s. So that's when country mm. became a thing here. Before then, it was just Western? <laughs> no, yes. they, had, they had live music, but it wasn't always country. It was whatever was kind of like popular at the uh, time. Beatnik bar. Pro- in the 40s, it was, it was probably bar, big band and music and stuff. It was an airplane fucking hippie jam bar, yeah. and that was a fog hat yeah. bar in the 70s. I wonder why they decided to become a country bar in the 80s, though. Like, what was going on in the 80s? Is that when Garth Brooks and all those, like, no, that, that, was, of... that was 1990 when they brought it back from the dead. 1980 oh. was like a that was still Conway the old... Twitty, and there was like this yeah. big gap of they were ZZ still... Top? Where, no, that's rock and roll. Rock they high. were hanging on to rhinestone suits, and it was right. like stale. And, uh, that's he- what I mean. That's hee-haw. kind of surprising that in the 80s, they would here in Seattle, they decided to become a country bar. Yeah. But that's when they started playing it. Despite being a country bar, however, the Stone Temple Pilots Ooh. filmed the video for their song Plush here at the Little Red Hand That is cool. Stage. shit. Yeah. Wow. Isn't that kind of crazy? I'll watch awesome. that video again. Yeah. Wow. I, I did actually watch it after I uh, researched nice. and saw this. And you can tell. <laughs> They're yeah. not from here. How'd they pick how'd they I don't this know. Joint? I don't obscure. know. Yeah. Huh. I guess that's when Seattle was booming. So let's go up to Everything Seattle and film a video. And yeah. Yeah. Someone oh, okay. was like, okay, yeah, we'll record a video here. Man, yeah. We got a great stage. That's cool. I assume. Also in the 1990s, an artist by the name of Ray Jeffries painted a series of Western-themed murals throughout the bar that you can still see throughout the day. Yeah, and come check them out. Yeah, the murals are incredible. Right yeah, the, yep. we were talking about them when we first got here because that's the first thing that kind of grabs your eyes. These so incredible these murals. these giant paintings on the wall that are the size of the wall, would you say, Brad? And, 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 yeah. they, and they look like they, they would just be like wallpaper. Yeah, it, it looks like just a big, you know, graphic, a big sheet, of wallpaper. A big sheet of wallpaper, and you slap on it does. Your, your paste and whatever. But no, these were these were hand, hand, hand painted. painted. They were hand painted. Yeah, and it definitely gives the bar. It's part of what gives the bar its charm is these really cool murals. Yeah, I like. Can it. I jump in because I found yeah, some cool stuff about the murals? Uh, they were made by in the early '90s, right when Stone Temple Pilots was here. It was done at the same time. Yep by former Seattle PI advertising artist Ray Jeffries. That's and right. he was best friends with Judy Olsby. And Oh, okay. Yeah, and if you look the- closely at these, there's a ton of little uh, Where's Waldo things to be found. I'm going to give you, the listeners, a couple to come find when you we'll, come we'll down here. We'll post some pictures on the social. Yep. There's a couple making love in the bushes. Which, which mural is that? Here. Hey, no, but which hey, one? Hey, now, Lou, this you is, know? This is a PG yourself. podcast. <laughs> okay. Come on. Come um, on. 
There's a fisherman giving the bird to an eagle that looks like he's attacking him. A, a guy giving a bird to a bird. Okay. Now you've piqued my curiosity. Wow. And John us. Wayne is in there. Crazy oh, irony. As is Judy Olsby herself, naked and riding a horse. No way. Yeah. Awesome. Really? Yeah. Wow. I didn't know that. That's, that's some good stuff. Yeah, so we'll, we'll go exploring when we go get round did, two. Did she authorize go. that being painted into the mural? Yeah, or? that was her best friend. Oh, I assume yeah. they were. He just snuck in, fun. Like, caught her in her prime. Yeah, immortalized her. That's very cool. I didn't know that, that about cool. the murals. Yeah, that's some good info. Today, the Little Red Hen operates as a beloved urban honky tonk, where line dancing and live music represents a fun time for local country music fans. And I, I'm assuming probably a lot of, like, even people come here that aren't necessarily country music fans. Oh, for just sure. Just to come here yeah, for, for sure. Because it's, it's a cool place. Yeah, totally. Great atmosphere. Yeah, it's a great atmosphere. It has a really cool vibe here. Kind of a very interesting aesthetic. Kind of hard to put your finger on. And it's yeah. another one of those bars like the East Lake Zoo where it looks like a door to a closet and you go in and it's huge. Yeah. That's yeah, good, good size place. Yeah, totally. Good yeah. size place. Yeah, you mentioned the aesthetic, you know, and it's like those murals painted in the 90s, maybe they were commissioned for the Stone Temple Pilots video, we don't know, <laughs> right? But the, the, the style of the murals is fantastic because it looks like it's straight out of like the 50s. Yeah, right? it's got yeah, this super like kind of old forever. school. Yeah. it's got like uh, scenes of like old western, like uh, you know, ghost towns, and there's like right. Indian teepees and all sorts of like you know, country yeah. western, like old school country western stuff in these murals. And they did a really, really good job of yeah. making it look like it was painted in like the 40s or 50s. Yeah, when in fact it was the 90s. Yeah, and the colors yeah. even look like from that era too. Yeah, like for did sure. A good job with everything. And it, the color palette. Uh, automatically integrated like this decades old smoke patina of a good dive bar. Yeah. <laughs> and actually the article I read about it said it's a miracle they survived because these were up before the before smoking ban. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Are, there's a good solid layer of nicotine on yeah, this go, stuff. Go ahead, yeah. go, Lou, why don't you turn around and go ahead and lick, lick that mural there and see if you, <laughs> see 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 if you get a nicotine buzz. You get a little kick. I, I think I'm ODing. This bar, it kind of, this is what like Lost Lake on Capitol Hill wants to be. I don't know if you guys have ever ate there before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of mm-hmm. This old school. Yeah. This is like this, this is, is what they're shooting for. This yeah, is definitely. What something feels for. very authentic about it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So that's the history of this place. What do you guys? Uh, what do you guys think? I love it. Yeah, yeah I a, love it. This is a great it. bar. I have a lot of memories here in my early 20s. One of my good friends, here, Alessandra Quinn, was a bartender. So we used to come here on the weekends, dance nights, off nights, just sit at the bar. Yeah. Did you ever uh, line dance here? I Do never. Do the two-step? No, admittedly I never did, but I watched a lot of people have fun. So, yeah, yeah. You know. And you know what's funny is like we uh, normally show up about 6 and record, but I came here to scout the place one day at about 6.30, and at 7, it, it looks like it does now. There's like a dozen people milling around, Smattering. and it's seven. That music's going to kick in hard, and that dance floor is going to be packed. Yeah, it's what happened. It was I was like talking to her, and all of a sudden, it's like, ding, 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 ding. <laughs> they swarmed and started getting down. So, this is a really cool Siren bar. Siren goes out uh, off to out dance, in front, and, then and the even if you don't want to dance, you want to watch people, uh, good dancers like. Mm-hmm. Uh, Old people that have been coming here for thirty years. Well, and nice. that's, it's old people, of, young yeah. people, and yeah. everyone. It's the of whole all walks gamut. of life. It's yeah. really cool to see. Yeah, yeah. You can just look around here. It's pretty quiet now, like you said. But the the, the clientele is just classic dive bar, right? Classic, classic dive bar. There's 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 some folks up at the up at the actual bar that you know are super super regulars and know everybody by first name basis and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And, 
you know, and their 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 butt cheeks are well worn into the little stools by the bar there. And th- this place also has a bunch of stuff that is classic dive bar, but that we don't always see in some of the dive bars that we've been to, especially in season one, right? Yeah. So, like, one thing I love is you go up to the bar. It's a relatively small bar. It's probably uh, 10 or 12 stools around that bar. Fair, kind of circle. Small. But yeah. look up, right? The whole s- ceiling is mirrored. Which makes it look bigger. Just fucking great. Yeah, yeah. It makes it look like a strip club or something. Yeah. <laughs> big, big mirror. And then... All the red lights. Behind the bar, where you would normally expect to see rows of liquor, and you know, the top shelf liquor or whatever is... No, what is there? Big buckets of pull tabs. Yeah. Pull tabs. <laughs> pull tabs, yeah. And, and then on the I'm bar are the little... The, little Cardboard little, cocaine. Little, bus, little baskets of the, uh, you know, loser tickets there, which you expect for that, whatever. And then underneath the giant baskets of pull tabs is a tiny little shelf with some booze that probably nobody <laughs> nobody ever orders. So what what are they drinking here, then? There's I'm, a I'm tiny assuming shelf this is of, a beer joint. There's I'm assuming t- that's probably the... There's a well, t- shelf of beer. You, and you want to start off with, with, with what you're drinking? Yeah. Let's, what you yeah. drinking? Jeremy, tell us about what you're drinking. All right. It's not top right. shelf liquor. <laughs> no. It's pull tabs. And <laughs> There's a whole story behind this, but I'll start off by just quickly saying uh, a Widmere Hefeweizen, which is good. Yep. And the bartender was also very kind enough to say, would you like a lemon wedge with that? Nice. And I was like, well, hell yeah. Like, one Official. Why don't we? Uh, why don't we get a little hoity-toity with this, which yeah. gave her a little so chuckle. She did it proper. She she did. Paid respect to the quite, half of it. Quite impressed. Yeah, yeah. and it, it of course is delicious. More important than that, though, what are you drinking it out of? <laughs> we, no, well, let's get it. We'll, we'll get into that. We'll get into that. But why don't you finish up with, with what you drink? So, Brad, what, what you drinking? I, I just I'm boring tonight. I, I have a Manny's. Nothing. Not that there's anything stable. wrong with Manny's, Manny's but it was yeah. the the thing is, is I just saw one. Thing of taps. There was like five different beers on the yep, tap. It might. That's it. Be, that's it. Yeah. That's so it. there wasn't a lot of options tonight. So yeah. I just was like, yeah, I'll take a Manny's. Yeah, I got an I, I got the IPA Lucille. Mm-hmm. Lucille. Seattle staple. Yeah. yeah, but you know, it's as important as what you're drinking. It's what you're drinking it out of. <laughs> we were talking this week well, earlier, you know, and Jeremy, yeah, Brad, went you, to Europe recently and found out some. Right. European glass stuff that's yeah. fucking cool. You guys cool. know I just came back from you know a, a beer mecca, one of the beer meccas, not the only beer mecca, beer mecca, you know, northern Europe. And we posted a photo of you with a rather large stein oh, okay. on our IG. Yeah, so that was, that was in Munich, Germany. For posterity. Yeah, yep. that's fantastic. That's fantastic. So, yeah, I, I mentioned there's kind of a story with the Pyramid Hefeweizen, but I thought there was some interesting stuff we could talk about. Like, so came back from Europe. We... We landed in uh, Frankfurt, Germany. Started off our trip in Frankfurt, Germany, and spent a lot of time in Germany. So, of course, first thing you know, first thing uh, priority for me is German beer, right? Sure. And we had plenty of it. Like you said, you posted that picture. We went to some very, very famous German beer halls. Uh, we weren't there in Oktoberfest, unfortunately, but close enough. Going to some uh, you know famous beer halls and drinking a shit ton of German beer, and you know. The German beer styles are the little lighters, you know, the hails and the lagers and some pilsners and stuff like that. Uh, but they're different, you know. The, the German beers are just, it, maybe it's psychological where you are, but they were delicious. And we got a couple of dunkles and some wheat beers and all sorts of great stuff. But it made me think. made me think about, like, what is a hot beer trend now? I'm going to answer the, I'm gonna, the rhetorical question. I'm going to answer it for you. The hazy IPAs, right? You yeah. saw them in Germany? 
Well, I'm getting That's to that. I'm getting thing. to. I, it is. I'm getting to that. So hazy IPAs here in the states. Come full circle. Jeremy's here in, off Seattle. Here in now. Northwest. I don't know about the Midwest and the Bible Belt and the Sun Belt or whatever, but around here, hazy IPAs are hot, 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 right? For sure. But where does a hazy even come from? The whole idea of a hazy unfiltered beer, and it comes from wheat beers. You know the Wisens. Of you know, Bavarian oh. and Northern Germany. Okay. And you guys remember back in the 80s and 90s yeah. what was really it's hot like around here? Heffies. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember totally. that one. Yeah. 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 A hazy IPA is just like a heffy with a big kick to it. With like hops added to it? Is that what? Yeah, well, with no. Alcohol. I mean, it's, you know, it's different than that. But it's a Hefeweizen. They take the syringe, they shoot a bunch of alcohol in it. Right? <laughs> no, no, no. It's like fortified, like Mad Dog? Well, I, my theory is the evolution of IPAs. So IPAs kicked off in you know 2000s or so, were gaining traction, especially here in the Pacific Northwest. And then we saw all sorts of weird variations of IPAs. We saw like the ultra hoppy double IPAs. West Coast. West yeah. Coast IPAs. Industrial. The Imperial and double Imperials yeah. and all sorts of crazy shit and just yeah. like, you know, everybody was trying to out-hop each other and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. And the next uh, evolution of that was kind of the Citra hop type stuff or single hop type uh, IPAs that are really yeah, popular that's true. now. Yeah, those Citras. Which lends itself yeah. well to an unfiltered hazy IPA. Right. Which I love and there's plenty of them that are delicious. We gotta give, you know, gotta give uh, uh, recognition back to the history, which is, I think, back to the Hefeweizens. Word, yeah, yeah. that's yeah. pretty yeah. cool, man. Yeah, and in Germany, you order a Weizen beer, and it comes, you know, by default, it's gonna be a hazy, unfiltered type of beer. There are some clearer ones that are filtered and all this kind of stuff, but most of them are by default. You want a Weizen? It's an unfiltered hazy beer. They don't call it unfiltered hazy beer. They just call it a Weizen or a wheat beer. But it, it's it's hazy and now, do they, Cloudy as fuck. Do they give you a lemon wedge over there, too? No. no. <laughs> but where did the lemon wedge come in? That it, sounds like totally United States thing. Like, in Mexico, they're probably not sticking lemons and Coronas. No, uh-uh. it's a, yeah. Limes and Coronas? Yeah, yeah. We, we can save that for a whole other episode. But, yeah, that is definitely not uh, a, a, attached to the history of, like, Hefeweizens and stuff. That was, okay. a, that was a modern... It's not a traditional... Somebody, somebody's brain part was like, what are we going to do with all these lemons? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> but it, it's good though. I, it, yeah, it, it works. It, is good. it, it works. Well. It works. Yeah, it works. You know, it's like when you go. Yeah, like you said, you go to Mexico and you get a Corona and they pop a little, you know, lemon or something in the in the bottle. There, it's like it doesn't really help the flavor that much, but it's fun. Yeah, yeah. It gives you electrolytes though. That's yeah. true. You to keep yeah. drinking all day. Nice, Smart. healthy. There you go. Yeah, it's a health health twist. But uh, right, Lou, cool. you, you're bringing up about the glass. This is a traditional, um, uh, you know, pint so yeah. Glass. Picture in your mind a pint glass. You've had it a million times. Typical. Well, to clarify, there's not an American pint glass, which is a little different than like a British or UK imperial pint. pint. Different than an imperial pint glass. Different than a European quote-unquote pint glass and stuff. So, but yeah, American-style pint glasses are all over the place. I think every single beer we've had in a dive bar has been. I can't think of any exceptions has been in this exact type of glass. They're pretty yeah. ubiquitous it's, as far uh, as what they serve beer in, yeah. 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 I, I don't think we've gotten a beer in anything but this type of glass. I think you're right, yeah. Yeah. But it, it's a it's a fairly... What's it look uh, like in Europe? Well, it, th- this style of pint glass is a fairly American kind of invention. I mean, you, you go elsewhere and they, they have these types of, type of glasses, but they're raised, you know, they kind of borrowed them from us. This is mostly an American style. Nobody else wanted these kinds of pint glasses and until, you know, relatively recently. But... Let's save the 
class history maybe to another episode, right? Because there's a whole okay. there's a whole there's a lot to unpack. There's there. a lot there. Yeah, yeah there's yeah. a lot packed. Let's give Sounds you good. A, and uh, and that trip to Europe gave me a whole shit yeah, ton of information the about arrived. the history of beers, yeah. the history of glasses, how beers are served, like cool. the Rheinheitsgebot. Yeah, you guys know what I'm talking about, stuff like that. We'll, we'll Bless say, you. We'll say that. Yeah. <laughs> we'll say that for another episode. And yeah, in the further epi- next episode, actually, Jeremy's going to tell us about in Europe their government certified glasses. The glass you get your beer That's right. in That's right. is government certified. So you guys want to walk around and look at some murals and get another beer? Yeah, let's. Uh, yeah, let's do it. Let's come back for round two. All nice. right, Satan's hit us. Well, we're back. Are we back? All right, we're we back, back after round two. We refreshed our drinks, and uh, I went with Jeremy's route. I got the Hefeweizen. Can't go As wrong. did I. A classic. With a lemon. That goes yep. down smooth. Nice. Well, I yeah. was telling Jeremy, what, my first drink of it, I haven't had one in a long time. So when okay. I had one, it was like a taste of nostalgia. Totally. Totally. And that's what I was thinking, too. Yeah. Which, and, and we were just talking off mic. I'm sorry. But I was just thinking about... Widmer Hefeweizen the other day and how long it's been since I've had one. And then we come here to this joint tonight and what's on tap? Oh, well, bam. Yeah, this, it, was, it was destined to be. Yeah. The seas parted. Yeah. And, and that's uh, something our listener would know. All Jeremy's dreams come true. <laughs> Damn straight. Damn and what straight. What did you get for round two? Did you get the round IPA? two? Was, uh, I did the Lagunitas IPA, which, oh, uh, nice. you know, can't go wrong. It's a fantastic mm-hmm. IPA. Um, interesting to see. So, this place, five, one, two, three, four, five beers on tap, which has got to be one of the smallest tap yeah. selections we've encountered. I was thinking that. Right? Yeah. And we, we've always made lots of comments about, like, hey, this is Northwest, man. It's like, we're beer bars, and, like, the right. diviest of dive bars is going to have, like, an awesome beer collection or whatever. So interesting to see. Just just five pretty small. Well, the surprising thing about it, I mean, this place is a country bar. Mm-hmm. Which are notorious for being like beer Bush, joints, yeah. Budweiser, MGD. Well, yeah, I imagine I, I imagine totally they imagine. go through a lot of cans and bottles. That's you're right? probably right. A lot of cans and bottles. You're probably not wrong. Yeah. That's Lone true. Star. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh Rainer, yeah, they Rainer, get Rainer Tall Boys. I saw someone drinking one of those. Oh, you gotta have uh-huh. yeah. uh-huh. Seattle staple. Nice. <laughs> they've, got, yeah, they've got Shiner Bach in bottle okay. in the cooler there. Nice, nice. Classic. Very cool. And also on break, we played some pull tabs. Bob, explain, yeah. <laughs> explain to a listener who doesn't know what pull tabs are. It's, yeah. it's Washington State's gambling. You'll see it in various dive pull? bars. And yeah, it's what a classic, tab, exactly tab is classic this? dive bar tradition over here in Washington. It's just a little like, game board. Usually behind the bar, you'll see some clear plax, uh, clear plexiglass boxes with uh, really funny. One of the, my favorite things about playing the, the games is actually looking at the name of the games, and it's completely obscure <laughs> what right. they how they how they name these <laughs> things. And uh, you just yeah, it's it's just gambling. So you put money in, you get a couple tickets, and you hope that you pull the right one and get more than you put in. And uh, they just have a three. Weird kind of pictures on there, and then if they're like a slot machine, like, like a you slot machine, it. yeah. And then, like but an instead, of, instead of getting three cherries, you get a stripe through them with a denomination of how much money you, you won, or just three random pictures, no stripe, and you uh, unfortunately didn't win anything. How much, that these, one. how much these pull tabs cost? You anywhere from like 25 cents uh, to a dollar is pretty common, but if you go to certain places, they have like really big ones. I think I've seen like as high as like maybe like a five, but the winners you get, you know, are like. 
really you could you know win like four thousand dollars is like you could pull one for a five dollar ticket you know yeah but that also but th- then the pr- the tickets go up too so you have to look at how many tickets are in the box usually there's about six thousand sixty six hundred for the one that I saw for the four thousand. I think it was thirteen thousand. So your odds Whoa, of pulling that—that's a big yeah, pop million for pull and one. Tabs, yeah, right? yeah, thirteen. Usually 000. they're like five hundred bucks. Yeah, give or take, maybe, maybe eight hundred at the thou. You know, but yeah, not you know, in between there. So yeah, so it's pretty fun though. It was it my is. first time playing, which is Aww. odd because we've been that's doing your first pull tab. Pulled, my very first pull, pull tab, tab virgin. Yeah. How, how did we do tonight, boys? I bought. $5 worth of 50 cent tab, so I got 10. We all had two. Uh-huh. Bobby did the same thing. I bought five. And so out of the um, $10 20 we spent. pull tabs that we bought, how many were winners? We got a 30% return. <laughs> well, actually, we got, we got three winners. So, oh, But on what? our money, we got a 30% return, which would only be three out of 20. So that's uh, not so too yeah, high. Skip, good. skip going to Vegas is what we're saying. Just come to the little red hand. And, uh, and of course, you are going to reinvest those three dollars that you won, right? Jeremy, that's correct. <laughs> I can see you. You're well versed in yeah. gambling. Everybody knows you should do that. Well, and I was telling these guys on break too. I actually know a guy that got addicted to pull tabs. I'm not going to name his name on there. You guys sure. know who it is, but yeah, um, yeah. Steve. Yeah. Probably not that uncommon, unfortunately. No, I think it does. Right? I, I mean, there's gambling. A, there's, gambling there's a, is gambling. There's you know. a support line printed like yeah. on these boxes. Like, if you have a problem, yeah. call and here. And it's tempting yeah. because it's, it's relatively cheap, 50 cents. You're like, right. oh, give me another, give me another, give, give me another. Pretty soon. It's also and then you, 50 bucks And, he, and with him, he got some big winners. Like, he was, I think he got a couple $400 ones or whatever. And, you know, that's a rush. And you want to replicate that rush. It's a drug. It's a dopamine. You know, so mm-hmm. he got addicted. and Cardboard cocaine. He is re- cardboard cocaine. <laughs> I like that term, yeah. cardboard cocaine. Yeah. Well, you know, it, it, it's interesting that you're talking about the addictive properties of gambling, which is true and legit. And it's like, you, you got to be careful because it's, it's probably more common than we all recognize and, and deal with, right? But this is the government. This is Washington State yes, government state running yeah. this gambling, this very you know known addictive to substance yeah. to the public, right? And you know that's that's a theme with the government, right? Sure. So, something that is like a little bit controversial and potentially highly addictive. Uh, the government needs to come in and kind of manage this well, shit, right? Well, government comes in and manages gambling. They they manage you know sex as as much as they can. They manage drugs. They manage alcohol. Yeah. You know, and, and, and we're here in Washington State. It wasn't that long ago when all liquor in Washington State had to go through what? A state-run liquor store. Sure. Right? So it's, yeah. uh, it, it's interesting social commentary, I would say. Well, I was going to say, but before Washington got his hands on it, they just saw what the boys were doing, what the fellas were doing, and they mm-hmm. wanted in on the action. So sure. That's all it was. Yeah. That's all it was. <laughs> sure. Well, do you guys, yeah. Jeremy and Shoot. Lou, do you guys remember when we went to the beer festival, one of the craziest scenes I saw? Was the Washington State Lottery? They had a truck set up there at the beer festival, oh, yeah. like with like three windows, <laughs> oh, yeah. selling lottery tickets. That's what they were there for. That at the was beer at the festival. Too. And I didn't yeah. even notice and it. I thought crazy. it was like a it was little weird. pop-up convenience store because they also sold water and yeah, and it was yeah. weird. And, stuff, and it was, and it was, it was like, all kind of hypey. It's, just, it's yeah. like neon lights and shit. And they had they had plants. They hired people like in street. Plain street close to like walk around like hey I just bought a lottery ticket and I want ten bucks <laughs> all right it's like okay wow, that's, that's deep yeah it was wow. a crazy crazy thing to see but yeah 
Yep. Death merchants. Everyone thinks Seattle's a nanny state trying to protect you, but no, they're trying to kill you as quickly as possible. <laughs> and profit off it. The highest profit vice off. tax Pro- in all profit the Profit off your death. Yes. Yeah. Profit off your death. Nice. Uh-huh. So you guys want to talk about where we're at? Yeah, we, this is our first time in this particular neighborhood. This so. is something special because it's cool. Where are we at, Jeremy? Yeah. Green Lake. Oh, man. I, you know, I love Green Lake. and yeah. Everybody loves Green Lake. For the one listener we've got, you, you walk here and you can't help but passing by Green Lake Cycles, which is another kind of Seattle institution, if you're into oh, yeah. bicycles and shit like that. And I walk by there, realize I haven't been in Green Lake Cycle in years and years and years. I used to go there like all the freaking time when I lived close by because yeah. I'm a bike guy and shit like that. And right, but yeah. And then Green Lake, super fun, fun to walk around, all sorts of cool shit going Seattle's, on. Seattle's uh, Central Park, kind of. Yeah, yeah, for it, sure. It's Green the pandemic Lakes. like closed down a lot of shit, but now right. it's a lot it's of back. that stuff is reopened. We don't we don't quite have our swan boats back yet, but we're getting close. Getting the close. Swan boats are not back yet. No, uh, almost. I don't know the when they did. Boats. That was actually my daughter's first job was there at the the Green Lake Cafe, her summer job. Yeah, working on the boat rental place. Nice. So, yeah, there's these little paddle boats. You can see that shit from where we are. I could, like, walk outside, take a corner, see over to the Green Lake, probably see some paddle boats. Probably see your daughter pushing those paddle boats. Speaking of Green Lakes, have you guys ever attended the uh, boat races that are made out of the milk crates? I've seen that before. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Those are great. It's part of the seat there, the milk crate. The derby, the milk crate derby. For a listener that doesn't know what that means, it's a competition of boats, and you can only make it using milk cartons. Yeah, there you go, dude. Literally. Thank you, Jay. And it's awesome. Um, but yeah, gr- and green- those big ass Costco milk cartons don't count. Green those, Lake. Those are banned. Green Lake is one of the jewels of the city. It's it's always packed on a beautiful day. There's a two way walking path around the whole lake, uh, just under three miles around. If you for a good uh, if you're a jogger, measures it out nicely. It used to be half and half. You could walk on one side and wheels on the other, bikes and rollerblades. Mm-hmm. But now uh, wheels are, are gone. Oh, and are so, they? Yeah. It, it's only walking. I didn't know that. Wheels are gone, but you still might see well, an older gentleman on the rollerblades who is there well, every yeah. day jamming out to his music. Oh, for sure. Shout and out to that guy. You know, you know why they made that change with no wheels now? Yeah, Those because... Fucking the, electric scooters. Oh yes, straight up, You're straight right. up. It is those elect the, the 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 onslaught of those electric scooters. It was just what are those? Um, and they go fast too. Yeah, they're, it's a, they're it's a fast. walking cat. There's families. Yeah. There's groups of five. Yeah. They haul the the dude on rollerblades. I can so. deal with, but the guy doing like 20 miles an hour on the electric scooter. Uh-uh. <laughs> what are those electric? Not my unicycles backer. called. It's just one oh, wheel. Uni wheels or whatever. Is that what they're called? Yeah. I see those all over too. Yeah. They're cruising around. Banned. Banned on Green Lake. It's called Annoying Guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's fine for me that the wheels were banned because, like, the wheel guys were always a little aggro. And if, like, someone <laughs> stepped yep. out or something, yep. chirp yeah. at them and be like, hey, get on your side. On your right. On your right. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Now, but now, to your point, though, Bob, y- you are still allowed to rollerblade your ass around the lake, right? Uh, no, I think all wheels are gone. I haven't really? come here to swim a couple times Fuck a month in the summer. Man. I'm putting on my quads and going wheels. around the damn lake. I think the, older, the gentleman's just grandfathered in, I believe. Yeah? He should. Yeah. yeah. All right, so I'm going to tell you a little bit about how Green Lake was created. A like giant go back to the glacier. glacier yeah, fifty thousand years ago. Well, I thought you meant like a big backhoe, and they just like carved that shit out. And no, no, the uh, mother the, of nature's backhoe, Jeremy. The the Vashon Glacier 
slid its ass out of here and it dredged all the lakes in the city. Green Lake, uh, Lake Washington, Lake Union. But unlike those other lakes, this one has no inflow or outflow. And it's because of that that it doesn't circulate at all that it's called Green Lake, right? It's a literal name because algae blooms happen, and when they do, the lake becomes green. But it's okay to drink from, right? Uh, Well, Well, I'll tell uh, you. Let me answer answer the question, Brad, by saying, can you drink in it, yes or no? Would you drink in it when you are not allowed to swim in it because it is too toxic? Yeah. If you look at the Brad, and you think that looks kind of gross, like it might be a little toxic, you would be right. They monitor it, and you'll see a yellow signs they put all around the lake when yeah. it's not uh, healthy to swim and Then you there. can't even go clamming. It sucks. <laughs> yeah. When I say Green Lake, what's one of the first things that comes to mind, Brad? Say a word. Free associate. Summer. Jeremy. Rabbit. Uh, good one. Bob. Uh, Duck Island. Good one. Good one. Good one. Yeah. Good one. You were all incorrect. I was looking for duck poop. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I was looking or, or for more duck accurately, poop. Canadian goose poop. Yes. That's right. That's very correct. The park areas closer Ducks to the fine. lake it's a fucking goose. often have a lot of it, so you have to watch where you step, watch where you set down the blanket. You know what I'm saying? Um, and actually, as of recently, they've implemented a program to reduce the number of ducks and geese around the lake. I'm not sure how they're doing that. But Open it's season? Seems, it Come on. to be working. And they did it for two reasons. One, it's gross. And two, the droppings that make it into the lake raise the level of phosphorus and contribute to the algae blooms. God and so damn back geez. in 2003, they did a thing where they treated the lake with something to reduce the level of phosphorus. And that was a big help. And I believe they put some robots in, in there that cleaned it as well. Because I was going to say, right. in the early 2000s, for a brief period, that was one of the cleaner lakes in like all the pristine, city for a very pristine. brief period. Oh, yeah. yeah, totally. Until the ducks and geese are like, oh, yeah, not in my house. And do you guys remember? I remember this in the 90s. Like, those algae blooms would get so bad, it'd just be like a bright green blanket. Yeah. Of oh, yeah. 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 The whole thing. Practically neon. Yeah. And yeah. I, I remember people, locals I'd be talking to, I'm like, Green Lake, is that fun? And they're like, I see people swimming in it, and I'm like, no, thank you. Well, green, I'm not green going Lake in there. was notorious with the itch. The swimmer's itch. Yes. Well, That's you know, it, and right. it's interesting you mentioned that, Lo, because there are many, many times where there are signs all around Green Lake where don't go swimming. Don't go swimming because of whatever. But technically, you are not banned from swimming. It is just a recommendation. At so your own risk. If you really That's want good. to, you can still go swimming. But there are signs all over the fucking place like, yeah, Probably I wouldn't go idea. swimming in if I were you. Not advice. But people do. People still yeah, do. Yeah, that's true. And it's, what's crazy is it actually drained into Lake Washington. Did you know this? No. No. And look at it. Do you know Ravenna, that... A uh, big, wide uh, grass strip thoroughfare median between the two one-ways that goes out of Green Lake, down like, Ravenna. It mm-hmm. curves through the U District. It yeah. goes to Cowan Park. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Roosevelt. Yeah. That's the creek. Yeah. And they built that to cover up the creek because in 1911, the water level was lowered seven feet to make all of the park space that you see around it. All of the fields, the boathouse, the pool... They lowered it to make all that possible, and that dried up the creek between here and Cowan Park. And so they built that median strip 
to cover up where the Dead Creek was. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, pretty cool. Civil engineering. Last yeah. thing. You talked about would you uh, swim in that back in the algae days? Do you know you can fish in Green Lake? Oh, yeah. I've caught trout yeah, out of there. Sure. <laughs> yeah. I didn't yeah. know that. They stocked well, it with trout and perch yeah, that, and a few the other largest things. Stocked, I knew that. It's the largest stocked lake in Just like Seattle. there's the old dude who's always like rollerblading, there's always some old school fish. Always, you always see always, with the poles in the water. Every single day. Yep. Yeah. Guaranteed. I never noticed it. It's so funny. Kicking back in a... It, well, it's great because you can actually... Share. You can get off work if you want to throw... If you enjoy fishing. Now, how would you fish the waters over there in Green Lake? Well, what you do is... You well, set are it you up on the, on the shore diesel casting? trawler? Are you on the shore casting or do you got to go out in a little No, I, I go on the shore casting. And then you, what you want to do, you put some power bait up top and like maybe like a one-ounce sinker and yep. a liter in between four to six feet or so of mm-hmm. a liter. And that way, the, the, the food floats to the top. And depending upon the summer and the heat, that you're going to change the leader, you know, depending upon what the temperature is. But about four to six feet. And a little, you might get a nice little one-pound trout on your uh, fishing pole. And What's the biggest trout you caught there? About a pound. About a pound? Yeah. That's a, that's, you know, but you it's know, a nice dinner. Pulse. Yeah, but it's fun just to see. Yeah. You have your little ultralight rod. gives you a little, uh-huh. little so, challenge to pull uh, in. But no, that's when, cool. When do, you, when do you have to throw it back? Well, <laughs> you got to throw them all back? I mean, come, come on. Yeah, pounds? you, you got to throw man. that shit back, right? I don't know. I mean, no. it, I, you could... I would. You could eat probably a cup. I wouldn't want to eat it every night, but you no, know. No, I'm saying like, uh, is there? There's. There's got to be. A, yeah, it's got to be a limit where you got to catch sure. a release, right? For trout, uh, no. You can so take anything it. you catch. Yeah. You can. Well, it's a stocked lake, so. Oh yeah. You okay. Take it, okay. Doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah. Right. You're not wiping out your population. It's not like you're fucking up with the like the breeding grounds also, or the trout or whatever. Also, yeah. in the fish world, they are known to have notorious, very large catfish. Sneaking around there in Greenland. That's Lake. true. I Monster. The list really? I didn't know Monster that. cats. And there's like mm. some. Yeah. I like me some catfish. Kind of like people who throw their alligators into the swamps in Florida when they grow too big. And it was a good idea at the time. <laughs> yeah. The pythons and like, stuff. There's like people have dumped sturgeons in there, yeah. largemouth bass, and so there's kind of like goldfish. People yeah, like and they instantly die. Yeah. Goldfish is a dead zone. But yeah, like. Well, some of the biggest pythons in the world they're finding in Florida now, and that's what it's from. It's from assholes who, hey, a python would make a great pet. And then when they get to about 10 feet, they're like, oh, maybe I should just release it in the wild. And so it doesn't fit in my 20-gallon tank anymore. What yeah. the hell? <laughs> yeah. Goddamn pet smart. I, did you read, are you thinking about the same article I read where you think, I'll just get rid of this python, and another Jesse said, I'll get rid of this python, and then and they that, meet. They made a hundred pythons. And then a thousand. Oh, yeah. And, and that's 10, why, yeah. It's like Florida and places like, like that have major yeah, it's like python rabbits. problems. They're fucking yeah. eating crocodiles and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> they're, getting, they're getting huge. Yeah, they uh, had a, they made a bounty system where they will pay you yep. like a hundred bucks for every That's python right. you get yeah. out of there. Make Florida America. So yeah, let, let's America. let's road trip into Florida. Let's find ourselves a little dive bar that's right by the bayou there, and we'll go like python hunting, catfishing, catfishing, and get popinos. Yeah, get us some some alligators. And we'll do the catfishing, the kind where they like reach into little crevices the on the banks. And yeah, grab hell them. yeah, noodle. Yeah. we won't even use fishing rods. Nah. No, those are for wusses fishing and, rods. And oh, over we'll, here in Washington, we're we'll gonna liquor it up first because that's course. yeah, uh, yeah, for like not for catfish, but if you want to catch some carp, uh, a, a great way to fish is bow fishing, which is uh, legal here in Washington huh. State. Like bow? Oh, so you can get a super long cast, a bow more than you'd be. No, 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 you no, 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 just the bow, the bow, like oh, the the arrow is what kills it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, for carp yeah. fishing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's legal. Shooting like like shooting fish in a barrel. Right. Only nice. it's a really big ass barrel. 
lakes, but it's cool. That's cool. Do you uh, do you have still have a fishing reel and tackle box? Yeah. Do, go, do you I, still have a bow? I go, I go fishing. We just me and Lloyd Gregory went crabbing off the Edmonds Pier the other day. How, how big's oh, your bow? You? Yeah. Did you guys get anything? We got a couple of red rocks. Nice. Cool. But I, I like to go there and so I got a uh, salmon. The pier down there is great. People pull salmon out of there. Yeah. King salmon. Oh yeah. yeah any day of the year. You they go squidding at night. Yep. Oh, that's that's a scene. That's yeah. Quite the scene. Yeah. Yeah. Squidding. Nice. Yeah. Shine a big bright light in the water and i've heard you can pull five ten pounds out in an evening mm. clean them up backpack them and you just got you got yourself a calamari dinner that's right nice all right guys we did a good job here tonight <laughs> <laughs> what, what the fuck we, are you talking about <laughs> where the hell are we <laughs> we hit all kinds of topics we are in green lake don't go to alaska little red hand fisherman come to green lake that's right yeah. that's right Oh, and a shout out to the easier. bartender oh, yeah. who Allie. was definitely, she was being awesome Allie. tonight. Allie. Yep. Sunday nights at 7.30. Every Sunday is open mic. Open mic. mic. Open mic. One of yeah, the better we, open I think we need to come back and check out what kind of open mic clientele we get on a cool. Sunday. Yeah. But they've been uh, very hospitable tonight and yeah, so great. Th- thank you, little host. So thank you. Yeah. Yeah, I love that place. Before we go, I can, uh, you want me to tell you a story about uh, the little red hen? Sure. I when I, I came here a couple nights ago on a Tuesday just so I could meet the Thursday bartender and confirm that the person I talked to before said it's okay. Who mm-hmm. works here Thursday? Check out like, the sanitary conditions yeah. of the restroom. Said, yeah, I get it. I I'll, get it. I'll be here. That'd be great. You guys can do it. And so I was sitting at the end of the bar, and there was he wasn't shit faced, but he was drunk enough to be obnoxious, like mm-hmm. kind of that guy. Okay. And then. Someone came and sat in between us. He looked like a regular. She didn't even ask him what he wanted. Just handed him a rainer tall boy. And we were all just kind of kicking there silently, drinking our drinks. And then guy goes, hey, who do you think would win in a fight, me or you? He asked that to you? <laughs> no, to, to guy between us, thank God. <laughs> I didn't have to answer that question. But he, he didn't look like he was actually looking for fight. He thought he was being funny, but it's kind of like pulling the fire alarm, right? Yeah. Yeah. That could and go. He wouldn't let it go south pretty easy. He wouldn't so let it go. So what was the answer? Well, he was like, what are you talking about? He's like, no, who, who'd win in a fight with me? And then he looked at his friends like, who do you think would win in a fight? Me or him? Me or him? And he was like, I, th- I think I'd win. What do you think? And he just stood up. Walked out the front door and left his full beer there. <laughs> wow. It's either that or the dude who asked the question gets one suck to the face, it's on the floor. So yeah. you got to really be careful. So the guy left that. is like, yeah, I'm about five seconds from killing you, so I think yeah. I'm going to leave. Was he, was he asking that, like being aggressive? or what, No, no, he no. He, he just, yeah, just fucked around. If he'd have yeah, asked just it for me, I would have made a joke. and we'd have, We actually did become friends after Dickhead left. He couldn't <laughs> take a joke. <laughs> so that's what it was? Yeah, still. But, yeah, it's kind of a douchebag. But that's that's don't weird. Threat, don't threaten someone in a bar with a bar fight. Yeah, even as a joke, it's not a question. The fire alarm. People, Those yeah. are the kind of the questions you got to ask somebody that you, that you know pretty darn well. Yeah, not yeah. like a stranger that you meet at a bar. No. Yeah. No. Uh. Uh-uh. And okay. then when I was Le- talking to him, lesson. he said he was a teacher, and I was like, I, hopefully not of children. And that got a big laugh from all his friends. <laughs> Can you imagine the teacher asking his students that? Who do you think would win in a fight? This is like a Me or you. dim light, <laughs> Me versus all dim you. drinks, public service well, announcement. It's speaking great. Of, uh, speaking of rough teachers, I don't know if you guys remember George uh, the Animal Steel. Oh, yeah. Supposedly he of was like course. a high school oh, yeah. physics or, hi- or mm-hmm. history teacher in, like, somewhere really? in like, South Jersey. He's, or he's, so he's, not, he's not the only one. Yeah. He, he's was not he? the only one. There's been a few professional wrestlers who 
were yeah. in the educational system. Yeah, it's kind of wild. Yeah. The more you learn. The more you learn, the more you know. All right, yeah. guys, let's knock it on the head. <laughs> right. Thank you, Little Red Hand. So and fucking educational. This this podcast is so educational. Yes, very educational. You, you, you cannot not listen. All right, cheers, boys. Cheers. And Satan's Pilgrims, take us out. Thanks, everybody. I hope.